hello, my pleasure seekers, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to have Bijou Finney with me today, and I know I put it out there to the universe a good couple of weeks ago around having a incredible person that works with psychedelics, medicine, um, plant-based magic. So Bijou, I'd love to hear a little bit of a beautiful introduction on yourself, um, and then we can take it from there. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've been excited to talk to you because it's not always that the intersection of love, sex, relationship, and psychedelics happens on a podcast. And those are my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> Great. So, thank you You're for this opportunity. You're so welcome. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was first getting into psychedelics for optimization of my brain and then uh shortly after found out how healing they were and then shortly after that found out how disconnected from my body i was and how shut down my heart was and um really just started getting into that for myself and over the years have taken multiple trainings to be able to support people with those two modalities because even though they're the most taboo i think that they're the most healing things that you can do for yourself or two of the most, especially if you incorporate other beautiful healing modalities in the mix with it, like breath and movement and dance and and body work. But yeah, it's been a long ride for myself. Um, I did a lot of healing work myself before going into trainings to support others. And over the last two to three years, I've been working with quite a few people through mental blocks and wounds and deeper connection. And it's the best decision I ever made in my whole life. I'm very happy with this decision. <laughs> I just love what I do. Yeah, I mean, your background and your environment looks incredible, so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I read about that you actually started off as like a business consultant in that kind of area, which sounds like the polar opposite in a way to where you are now. So how did you go from A to Z, I guess, in, in that kind of area? Yeah, relatively quickly, if you think about <laughs> it. Um, well, it, it, if you go even further back, I was like a conservative and very religious and then stepped away from that and became very focused on like the masculine and capitalism and like making money and branding and and getting people to buy and helping people get people to buy and it was just uh I was very sick then um not that there's anything wrong with those things but I was not in my flow and didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I had a lot of wounds around religion that I had to personally heal. I had a lot of wounds around money. I had a lot of wounds around my body. And so um, it was just my journey. I think it was just the universe giving me breadcrumbs, um, certain people, certain experiences, certain books uh, that I would find that would just like blow my mind and heart open and um, then kind of leading into a big uh, LSD experience was my first experience with psychedelics with uh, a friend and from there I just was like what what are psychedelics <laughs> and I just figured it out over the over the coming years and um, 
Yeah. And, and in, in that, I had totally shifted my life. I had totally shifted what my idea of success was, what my idea of freedom was, what my idea of love, sex, and relationship was. And so yeah, I've I've definitely transformed many, many lifetimes in one at this point. Um, people that knew me from my far past are probably looking at me on social media and being like, what the hell happened to her? But uh, <laughs> it's been a wild ride that I that I don't regret at all and I love so incredibly much. And I, I'm grateful for my past experience because it helps me help people that are in those different stages of their lives dealing with those specific hurdles or uh, blocks or uh, sticking points, I guess you would say. Wow, totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you mentioned you weren't in flow when you were in this consumerism of a life. What did that feel like for you? Because I think a lot of people talk about it, but we don't actually explain the feelings because there will be people listening right now thinking something doesn't feel right in, in my body and my heart, but I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. So what did that look like for you? Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, it, it was me looking at my environment and um, using people as um, examples and, and trying it myself. And it felt wrong. It felt like I was swimming upstream. It felt like I was wearing someone else's shoes. It was just like, it felt much harder than it needed to be. I felt really shut down. I felt shut off. I felt alone, even though I was around a lot of people. I felt scared, even though I was showing that I was confident and not afraid. And that c contradiction in living within your body is not not healthy. Um, I would numb a lot of all of that um, with alcohol and with um, not able to be alone, like social environments or social media. Um, and so I felt very much like I wasn't in my own skin and that I was only accessing a fraction of what was possible for me. Um, I just, yeah, I felt really uncomfortable and awkward if I'm honest with myself. And so, um, but that's all that there was available to me. I didn't have any examples or elders or anyone to look up to that was more in the feminine or more in um, a conscious path. And so, um, and I didn't even know what that was. So, uh, I definitely went down the path the best that I could and I tried all the things and I listened to all the guides and and yeah I was just unhappy and and that was the thing it was like search for happiness brought me back to myself and like my my more authentic aligned self and so my more authentic aligned self isn't perfect it isn't better than anyone else's it's just finally feeling comfortable in my own skin again which is huge not many people can say that not many in the whole world yeah. yeah so that's massive wow and you you said you like you tried all the things you were looking for elders I know what an elder is but sometimes I put myself in the shoes of what some people might even know what an elder is right like what does an elder mean for you so I think that a big reason why a lot of us are sick and sad and alone and lost are because we don't have 
proper elders. And so what that meant to me in, in my studies is many human cultures previously had elders that had walked the path and and took the men out for their walkabouts, took the women into their red tents, like put them under their wing and was like, this is how you process your emotion. This is how you find your path. This is how you do things, right? And instead, we have this huge disconnect where where elders have been through so much trauma from like all the war and all of the famines and all of the the crashes in in our economies they are traumatized beings that are also self-soothing and that makes them not capable of helping the younger generations and then you add all of this technology in and then there's this huge chasm between us where then it feels like we're not even speaking the same language and so it's just like this big sever severed like cord that we're supposed to have that should give us a lot of information not to mention we are evolving so quickly that it really is hard for an elder to to gain the respect of I know what I'm talking about and it's like on the human version yes if someone has walked the walk for 80 years and done their work and healed and and been on this planet, then we should listen to them even if they don't know how to put a Google sheet together, right? But it's like, still, you don't really find very many elders that you can look up to and, and mentor, and be mentored by, and and really feel supported in a lot of ways. Totally, and so how did you find your first elder? Um, I, when I started and went to a lot of people have this experience when I first started becoming more conscious, um, mm -hmm. I had to ask the universe for support in finding my tribe. And I think that it was, it took a, a minute just because you have to kind of wave your freak flag. You have to be really authentic publicly to attract those people or you have to be at a certain vibration or you have to be hungry enough to search it out and you have to go into uncomfortable, weird circles that you're not like, well, <laughs> like where am I going? Who is this? Um, it's very vulnerable. And so um, I asked the universe for support in finding my peers that were on the same path as me, but then also a few elders. Um, I also listened to a lot of podcasts and books of elders that I really respected but it took me a minute it took me like two to three years to really find those people and find that content and now it's amazing there's so much out there so many voices being shared that are very experienced and very conscious and I'm so grateful for that but yeah, about six, seven years ago, it was kind of hard to, f to find those voices in the sea of noise out there. And for, for anyone listening now, are there any podcasts or books that you'd recommend to just you found helpful for you starting on this journey? Oh, yeah, I'm a huge bookworm. <laughs> um, it kind of depends. Uh, for women, the heroine's journey was huge <laughs> for me because... Same. Yes. Oh, I was very into the hero's journey and I appreciated it, but that was another thing is like a woman fitting into the man's world. Like this is how you do business as a man. That's not how you do business as a woman. This is how you have sex as a man. That's not how you have sex as a woman. And so to, to put yourself in that square and you're a 
peg, right? It's like feels uncomfortable. And so mm -hmm. the heroine's journey was just like, it blew my mind. It was like, oh, that's why I have that relationship with my mom. Oh, that's why I had to go to the underworld. Oh, that's why I have cycles of energy and I'm not supposed to be in this eternal summer. So yeah, like that, that, if you're going to read one book, I would say, it's a really beautiful little snippets of a lot of things that might give you some understanding into yourself and potentially what you're experiencing on your awakened path. Totally. I, well, I, when I first read that, she talks about disordered eating quite a lot and like being disassociated from your body. And I can relate to that massively. And I share this a lot with my viewers, but around like when you're in disordered eating, you are so dissociated from your body. You the fear of being back in your body sometimes is more terrifying than going back to the, the disorder as it were, you know? And I think for quite a few women that read it, it's almost jaw dropping and it's like, yes, there's an answer. I'm not going crazy. I had a few of those moments. I like had to sit down. I was like the, the just mind-blowing knowingness that came through and I've read so many books by so many incredible people and yeah there was I don't know if it was right time and right place for me when I, I was called to that book but yeah and it's the same for psychedelics some people really struggle with even feeling sometimes their psychedelics when they first start working with them because they are so disconnected from their bodies and that's uh, kind of why I started really getting into what does sexuality mean for me because I because of religious programming because of certain shame and like past experiences with partners I was completely numb my and I didn't know it like I I kind of felt something and I was like this is great no like I w totally was unaware of the ability and magnitude that my body was capable of and had until I really started getting into that. So yeah, I would say that to me, majority of the women in our society's number one journey and goal should be back into the body, back into the power of what it means to be feminine, back into what it means to be the feminine being and then the men's journey is back to heart and back to healed masculine and when those two things happen i i actually have faith in humanity at that point <laughs> yeah totally i think it's happening more than people realize it's like you said it's kind of like the underworld in a way um where it's just going on either subconsciously or consciously with some people so it's exciting and I know we keep going back to sexuality and relationships which is a big part of the show. And I know you're a big advocate for helping couples work through psychedelics. Where did that come from? This sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was a, um, I had long relationships, but I never really let myself surrender or, or it, admit to myself that I wanted a deep and epic love because I was trying to protect myself. And so either in long relationships that were just hiding places that for me, but not really like expanding or healing or up leveling and then, or very, very single for a very long time. And so when I finally met my, my past partner, um, he, he made me want to up level in a big way, but I could tell that I had a lot of blocks. Like I could feel them in the bedroom. I could feel them 
in our fights. And so uh, I became inquisitive and I was like, what is this and where does it come from and how do I find it and, and figure it out? And so uh, I think my mind was so open at that point because of the psychedelic work that I was doing. And then when I started getting serious about like, I came on to this planet to have a human experience and to have this type of existence. And that means a full spectrum of emotion that feels in a full spectrum of feelings and, um, and experiences. And so how do I give myself that? And, and I could viscerally feel the small amount of the spectrum that I was accessing. And so, um, I was called to, sex and psychedelics like those two things and and more than sex but like self-pleasure um body healing movement breath like all of these transcendental states that you can be in and i wanted them for myself but i also wanted them for my partnership and so i went deep and hard and i got all of the trainings and just paid for all of the things and wanted to try the jade egg and the and this and my poor partner was like oh my god i did not sign up for this this is a lot um why 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 did we have to pull all of your closet your skeletons out of the closet and why do we have to like try all these things so it was very hard on my relationship um and so that's when i was like oh there's a there's a proper way just like i made a lot of mistakes when i was working with psychedelics alone in the beginning because there wasn't very much on the internet i did the same thing with my relationship with psychedelics as well and so that's when i think you become pretty passionate about oh i made some some pretty egregious <laughs> mistakes with myself and with my partnership so like how do i support people into not making those and i i believe that i needed to make those in order to be a way shower and if you have made those it's okay you needed them completely trust in the universe but not everyone i believe needs them because i mean some people will have the tenacity to keep coming back to it but some people will never touch it again and they could have gotten so far if they had kept going and so yeah i am I just became incredibly passionate about that just because of my own wounds and blocks and what has shifted in me because of those things. And so uh, I think in, in that you just, it's natural to then want to help others. And then when you help others get through their blocks and wounds and you see others expand, what happens inside of you is just like, you just want to, burst open in gushiness and love and yumminess and that's when another another level of healing even happens in you because then you see other people and how they're capable of it and that subconsciously tells you that maybe you could even go deeper and do more and what's available to you so it's like the most interesting and fun and beautiful work that I never knew existed never thought I'd ever do but am incredibly grateful for oh my god I have so many questions <laughs> um when did you find that so you went through a few mistakes yeah agree big believer that everything happens for a reason and we learn the hard way sometimes um <laughs> What influenced you to keep going? Um, so it, oh, you're so good. So good. Such great <laughs> questions. I love you. Um, 
So sometimes it was like, oh, that orgasm was way better than any other one I've ever had. Like, ooh, this is like a little a little nugget on the path that keeps me going. And sometimes there were no nuggets. And I was yeah. just like, I'm in such darkness that I got to keep going because there's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel. So I, I'm just going to keep going. Um, and so I would say like it's my cosmic makeup maybe too. I'm, I'm very ten tenacious. Like I have tenacity in my blood of like – I'm gonna keep going until I get somewhere or until I'm so sick of it or until I'm bloody and bruised. It's just, it's it's the way that I am. And a lot of clients that work for me don't have that in their genes. And they're like, yeah, you go first and I'll follow you. And that's cool because we're not all meant to be like that, right? And so, yeah, I would say, there's a lot of who I am as a person, but also at some points it was just like I had to. There was no, there was no choice. I think once you you start on the path, you can't just sit there and stop because it's uncomfortable. Like on, you know, working with psychedelics, once you have downloaded information, you can't go back. It's like once the vessel has been expanded, you, you can't contract again. I mean, you might a little bit on the contraction expansion journey, but your vessel is forever changed. And so that's when you keep pouring into it and you keep expanding. And um, I feel like with our modern society, there is a proper way of not expanding too hard and too fast to where you still fit in and still go to work and you still like have your relationships. And then with time, you understand yourself enough to make those shifts. And you're not just like, I'm going to break my whole life right now and leave that yeah. person and quit my job and travel to India, which some people have. And if that's your path, great. But not everybody, not everybody is like ready for that. I recommend it. I did that exact thing last year from Australia to Bali, quit everything, found myself in Bali like shit. Yeah. Which is why I'm at my parents' house currently at the moment, rebuilding my life back to Australia. But big believer like you, I had to go through that journey. And I've kind of been six months off, like not microdosing or anything, which I shared with you earlier, but I'm really excited to get back into into the mushrooms and I, I seem to attract them very, very easily. So I'm following that breadcrumb as well. But yeah, I totally agree. Don't recommend that. <laughs> it's hard. It's not for everyone. And maybe society would collapse in a pretty interesting and cool way if that happened to everyone simultaneously. But uh, right now, I think people still kind of need to go to work, especially if they have kids to take care of. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. Or even a dog, you know, I'm actually consciously going to buy myself a dog when I when I go back to Australia. So I have that kind of commitment. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Okay. And so with obviously you having these breadcrumbs and feeling more alive in your body and your orgasms, how, did that play out in a positive way in your partnership? Or did that become a bit like intimidating because you mentioned there are a few blocks when you joined but I wonder what your partner was like at the time if you're open to talking anyway about that with the expansion in yourself because I know that can be quite intimidating for different parties within a relationship if someone's expanding to the level that you've just shared anyway um, mm -hmm. with the dynamics 
Yeah, so I put my relationship through the ringer because um, at the same time, um, I got off birth control. I didn't want anything. I think that's a n normal path that women, they're like, okay, this does not resonate with me anymore. I want to be connected to my body. I'm going to get off that. I did not do it in the way that uh, people are now, which is way more informed and with support. And I just cold turkey did it after 15 years of being on it. And um, that was very hard on my on my body. I also stopped drinking cold turkey after 15 years, which alcohol definitely helped me be more open sexually um, or not so in my head. Um, I also left a city that I had really built an identity in and moved out to the middle of nowhere. And I did all of this simultaneously and then the pandemic hit. So then all of the psychedelic work and the sexual work put me into somewhat of a dark night of the soul because all of my stuff came up to be healed. And it was definitely a part of my journey and my path. But that does not do well for a relationship. Um, and so uh, it was this kind of going into the goo stage of my metamorphosis journey where I was just like, don't look at me, don't talk to me. I am a snarled mess right now and um and then when I started clawing my way out and understanding what I needed to do I think that there's a huge part of the journey especially in in healing yourself sexually that is very much alone like you have to what is self-pleasure what is pleasure what is my body and trying to do that with someone else like is clunky and awkward and it may it could even cause mental damage because you're like assuming that you're awkward when you're not it's just that you're trying to figure out how to drive with a driving ed coach like right next to you it's just like a lot and so I definitely went into my own um journey which I'm sure he felt very alone in um and then all of that, the the partnership shifting definitely put him in a mental space that maybe made him a little bit resentful of the work that I was doing just because if, it, if you looked at it from the outside, it's like you started doing all of this awakening, woo-woo, healing shit, and then our relationship fell apart. So it's your fault and it's all that stuff's fault. And so uh, he's admitted to me too that that's kind of like how he felt, um, which is so fair. And I'm sure what a lot of men are feeling right now. In fact, I work with a lot of couples and a lot of the men are saying like the women are going out and being very brave and doing all these big healing modalities and journeys. And then they're feeling left like alone or left in the background um and so what does that look like for men to like be on their own healing journey and it doesn't always look like what women want to do to heal and it hasn't been really figured out for men in a lot of ways and so it was so incredible i am so grateful for that relationship because it really helped me see what a majority of the the couples that I'm now experiencing are going through from uh, an experiential place. Like I know what that feels like now. And I think to be a really good coach and support, you have had to have gone through that. Just like a business coach, like you should have failed a few times in, in business in an epic way if you're going to help people build because 
you learn so much from all of those things. And so um, him and I have actually had a really healing journey in talking about all of that in in such a way that I'm proud of because I think most of my other relationships, I waited until they were just destroyed before walking away um, like most people do uh, or they just super numb out and kind of like ghost out. Um, We have been hyper present and talking about it which has been really healing and whether that means that we end up back together or whether that means that we just finally healed that wound in a huge way and now our next relationships are going to really benefit from it. Um, I don't know, but yeah, this whole, this whole journey has been incredible for, I know my own life and my own relationships going forward, but also for my ability to help others. Wow. I'm excited to hear how that unfolds for you. (laughs) Excited. (laughs) Um, And how do you help with the reintegration piece? You've mentioned around like I love this, but, you know, you have to fail yourself before you can help other people go through certain failures or facilitate them in such trustworthy circles, particularly with what you're doing. How do you work with them afterwards? It's a big thing for me because I share this and I'm like you, I meant to go through these things to learn, but I sat with a mother, aka Ayahuasca, last year and there was no reintegration afterwards. And I was meant to learn that. But my big thing now is what reintegration is being done because it's also your responsibility as much as it is the participants to facilitate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that was a big lesson of mine as well. Whenever I was like, what are psychedelics? I tried Bufo and ayahuasca and DMT and I just did everything and, uh, no, no support after any of those things. It's for some reason, and I'm trying to understand if you think about it, the ayahuasqueros are these people within tribes and the whole tribe has had the same experience for years and years and years. They have the same world that they're living in. They open themselves to each other in these experiences. And then integration is life, right? They stay within their bubble. And and so us taking the medicine component out of that, or even if it's still you just going to visit it and leaving, you're doing it with a bunch of strangers and you're opening yourself up to their energy and their experience. And then you're going off to your own life again. And so like, that's not, in my opinion, I think the best way to go about it. And the integration piece is this understanding that isn't across the board in a lot of these medicine circles. And I think it's going to change. It has to change because that's the thing is that people are chasing these like bigger experiences and they have to go back to these big experiences because they're not integrating lessons. And so what that means to me is like what knowledge and wisdom came through and what do you have to do in your life to support that in embedding if you want it to embed or leaving if you want it to leave. And so that's why even though I love those medicines and they're incredibly important, um, my my dharma, my life came back to mushrooms because you can have big experiences with mushrooms that are great, but the 
the then keeping the medicine in your system in small doses allows you to stay soft or allows you to stay open to channel or source or to yourself. And so it's a really beautiful dance of whether it's most men want to start with a big experience with me and then they're open and soft enough and trusting enough to then want to do the longer coaching like container or women who much like in the bedroom want to start slow and like simmer and like understand the medicine and trust the medicine and trust the facilitator to then have a big experience to where then they're they're knowledgeable in that space because they've been there with microdoses and, and light tea experiences. And so, yeah, it takes consistent communication of like, what did I see? And what did I experience? And even though I cried really, really hard and I don't know why I did, me just talking about the fact that I did and trying to understand it is and being witnessed in it is incredibly healing and then continuing to understand okay in my body my heart feels blasted open right now after this big experience and having someone bring me back to my body that the next week when someone says something and I viscerally feel my heart shut down a little bit like I feel my wall come back up can I be there for myself to then say okay in this moment I'm not expecting to be blasted wide open again, but like, how do I soften? How do I breathe? How do I even change my body to relax a little bit in the moment? And so it's really understanding, uh, depending on what wounds and wisdom came up, what do you need to do for yourself in your life going forward to make sure that this is embodied all the way through your system. So like a lot of people are doing a lot of therapy and they're intellectualizing the shit out of their problems. Great. Do that. The <laughs> mushrooms bring that knowledge all the way through your body. Awesome. Integration merges the two and makes sure that you're forever changed. And so it is this beautiful dance and journey that is needing to be created and customized per person per wound and type of trauma that they've experienced per goal and desire that they're trying to accomplish and all of that should be strategized and talked about and supported and facilitated and yeah i i hope that that us getting better with psychedelics and with healing means that people are being very, very thoughtful about how they open someone and then plant things in there and then support that person in flourishing themselves. Totally, yeah. Um, and I think I've read about you talking about speaking therapy before and I've done a lot of speaking therapy, how it just replays the same trauma over and over and over again. This is through my yeah, experience in reading books. For people that are listening that are like, oh, I've been in therapy for five years and they're listening to this and they're like, oh, <laughs> what would you suggest as like the first step they take where they want to try microdosing? What is a gentle approach, male or female, unicorn, whichever? And yeah, what would you suggest? Yeah, so I would say um, there's a lot of benefit to talk therapy. The the problems that I do see in some circles is you you need to see what the block and wound is 
you then need to express it. And most people are not feeling comfortable to come undone in their therapist's office, right? Or even when they come back home, they're so shut down and they have cement over those feelings because they've never understood how to process them or given themselves permission to that that's the the thing that's like lacking right so you're right you need to see it and you can't do the neural pathway trick where it's like oh negative thought instantly positive thought instead yeah that's a that's a that's a way of reprogramming your mind but it's longer path than that you have to see it you have to feel it and then once you've seen and felt it then reprogramming happens after that where you titrate back or you pendulum back to the positive and and that's where the medicine comes in so like everyone is at different stages and if you've done a lot of work and you've done a lot of coaching or healing modalities or therapy and you're understanding that there's this like tipping point that you want to get to and you need a stronger catalyst to like get you into your body or break the walls that are going to allow those emotions to come up then I would say a very like uh, beautiful microdosing container of three to four months with every now and again an intentional very light tea experience where maybe it's like one gram or something like that is really good for you if you've never done any work before then I would suggest like microdosing and going to your therapy uh, like appointments or like working with a coach or a healer and and just like allowing your subconscious and body to talk versus your rational mind and so everyone's in different stages so it's kind of hard to say like oh this is how you should start microdosing but I would say that everyone should dial in and get understanding of what their perfect dose is and their perfect dose is three to four times a week very subperceptive helping their nervous system and neural pathways but stuff is going to bubble up that's what mushrooms do and then it's seeing all of that in front of you and then giving yourself the time and the space to take a slightly larger amount maybe it's double your normal microdose and then give yourself the time and the space to cry or to rage or to dance or to punch or to write whatever you want to do and so it's like it's a journey of processing stuck emotion because once you get that out of your body that's when you can replace it with pleasure that's when you can hold pleasure and joy and ecstasy in your body and so so many people come to me and they're like I feel dead I don't can't hold that for very long my orgasms last really quickly my money lasts really quickly and it's like okay you have a lot of other stuff in there that needs to be liberated out and that's when you have enough space to hold and then you become more conscious of holding for longer and so it's a it's a journey for sure and it's the way you've just described how it affects your money as well like can you explain a bit more around that mm -hmm. yeah i mean that was what was so huge for me is understanding my first interest in psychedelics is like how can i oh the silicon valley guys are optimizing their and innovating their businesses like that's what i want to do to make money it was always my driving force right and so uh money is just an energy much like love and sex are um and so it's the uh worthiness 
If you don't feel worthy of love, you're not going to feel worthy of money and abundance. If you can't hold pleasure, you're not going to hold abundance. If you uh, aren't hungry for life, then you're not going to be hungry for abundance and love. And so everything is like very much connected, um, pain and pleasure, uh, money and, and sex, all of these things are really just gateways or peepholes into who do you think you are and what you're worthy of and what are your blocks. And so I see it with all of my clients. If they're struggling in one place, they're definitely struggling in the other place. And then that's a really low place to be because that's just looking everywhere and seeing bleakness and grayness and like lack of of zest and vitality and beauty. And so, yeah, it was like your attachment style is correlated to how you handle your money as well. And I think it was one article that I read where she paralleled the two and I was like, fuck, wow, that's like, she just called me out. And I, then I started going, okay, how do I understand this more deeply? And that's been the journey, right, of like constantly understanding these concepts and then looking back at my own life with a very realistic magnifying glass and being like oh yeah that's what I'm doing and that's what everyone's doing and it's wild and when you say looking back on your own life as in looking back at the patterns or what do you mean by your attachment style with money like what do you mean by that yeah, it's everything. It's like you yeah. can look back at your patterns and then you can also look back at like uh, it's your brain is so smart and can can convince you of things in the moment and that's your reality. And so then to have the psychedelics help you step away from that and be like, it could be that, but it could also be the very uh, opposite side of the shadow of that. And so it's like, is this really in light or is this in shadow? And do you really hate this or are you actually getting off on it? Like the whole existential kink of it. And it's like, whoo, these are some big concepts to deal with alone and like big mirrors to, to put on yourself. And I don't suggest people do it alone because sometimes your perception of self and reality doesn't need to be like blasted apart all of the time. Um, that, that you can have people help reframe and help reflect back to you that you are beautiful and worthy in your messiness um, because it's kind of like interestingly enough some clients and including myself we did so much alone work that we're like I'm golden and then you come out to the real world and then you get in a relationship or you get in a business and then that's when the wounds really come up and they're like nope those aren't healed your concept and understanding of them superb great but now let's put it in practice and that's when the healing happens is like that's when the relational wounds are actually healed that's when the money wounds are actually healed and then you're going to up level every time you up level in relationship or in abundance so like I could have worthiness issues making a thousand dollars and then I'll have another worthiness issue when I get to a million right like they're still so deeply entrenched and they're such a part of the journey. They're like the video game that you're going to keep up leveling in and that's okay. But I think it also takes like you shared to be brave to actually start the whole video game in the first place, you know, to, to take those brave steps and to look at these things. Cause I think a few people might be listening to this thinking, holy shibbles, didn't know any of this existed. Like, what? 
Um, so thank you for sharing all of this. I think for anyone who wants to like work with you, um, hear more about your story, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I had this really quick, this vision of like that whole Sims game where it's like you could stay in one room your whole life and that could feel comfortable and safe or you could like walk outside of that room and that's kind of what psychedelics and sex are to me. Um, so it's not scary. You're meant to do this video game uh, and that's like what you came here to experience and you just kind of need a little bit of, of support and know how to kind of leave the room. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I love Instagram. Um, I have so much content that I want to create that should be really helpful for people on their psychedelic journey. And I'm going to be devoted to doing that. Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram at Mushroom Mamacita and, uh, that's also my website. I also have quite a few guides if you at first, um, just want to read them and understand what microdosing would be or what uh, working with your couple, your partner and your relationship, what psychedelic work would look like. And then if you determine that you want more support, uh, people just book calls with me and we kind of understand based on their past, their current environment and their future goals, what would be the right thing for them. And then we kind of go from there. Amazing. Okay. I will put all of that in the show notes so anyone can find find you. And I read that you got the name Mushroom Mamacita through a mushroom journey. So I did. <laughs> I got my assign assignment from them. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Um and also what I do love and want to share with the listeners is that you have a really good articulation of what to look for when you're looking to work with someone as well, and um, which I think is so important. So thank you so much for for sharing those tips because yeah it's an amazing world to navigate but it's important to be aligned with the right people so thank you so much for sharing that um and do you do online as well or is it all face-to-face -face? oh yeah most of my work is all virtual um uh, it's once like if I do a retreat experience it's obviously in person but most people that I work with, we do it virtually for months. And then, then if uh, an in-person experience is, is necessary, then we meet together and it's always the best time. Um, but yeah, I work with people all over the world. I even have a couple of clients in the UK that I just recently came back from visiting. So that was really cool. Oh, I love that. Okay. Ooh, well, uh, thank you so much for today. It's been an absolute honor to have you on the show and I can't wait to hear the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. Thank, thank you so you much. So much. <laughs>